episode 92, Ramesh Ranganathan. Welcome to the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, the finish. The alpha ultimatum, 2015. Applications will start in December. Body, belief, and balance. Get to the podcast. Okay, guys, we have our first comedy alpha on here today. Been looking forward to this one for a long time. We have Ramesh Ranganathan on here. I've known him for a long time. His brother was in my year at school. We ended up both teaching at the school we went to, which is a bit sad, but never mind. At least we both busted out onto other things. His impact on the comedy circuit since his debut in 2010 has seen him quickly make a name for himself from playing comedy clubs all over the country. Ranganathan's profile has grown hugely over the last couple of years. I've seen him write him in numerous shows and supporting the likes of Sean Walsh, Bill Burr, Paul Chowdhury, and one of his comedy heroes, Ricky Gervais. The last 12 months has been incredible for Nathan with him winning the prestigious Leicester Mercury New Act Award 2013 and his critically acclaimed Edinburgh Festival debut being nominated for the coveted Best Newcomer Award. He's all over the TV. He's uh, been on BBC Two's Mock the Week, BBC One's Live at the Apollo, BBC Three, Russell Howard's Good News, Edinburgh Com- uh, Comedy Fest Live. And basically, as I say, he's a regular on all sorts of TV over here in the UK. Uh, Stand Up for the Week and the Sunday Times sort of a single him out saying his ability to produce biting fresh gags marks him out from the crowd. So, Ramesh, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Right, it'd be so funny if after all that intro I just wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I got bored listening to that. You can always cut it down, but... <laughs> no, it's good, mate. I liked it. I felt excited. Just hit us and him. I hope I can deliver on this intro, mate. You actually smashed it out of the park. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cheers, man. Well, uh, do you get that a bit where people say, right, uh, be funny then, like, off you go? Or <laughs> do you... uh, I, I don't, I don't, um, I, I, generally speaking, like a lot of comedians complain about it. But I sort of, um, what I do find is that sometimes when I do go out of my, like, friends or, and then I like, would be party through the evening and I just go, you know, I thought you were going to be funnier than this. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I haven't, I haven't delivered in a social <laughs> setting. It's a horrible thing to get a bad review on a night out. Do you know what I mean? It's I suppose that can make us all, all the all the guys listening, make us feel a little bit bit better. When we go out there, we've got no pressure. Like if we're remotely funny, it's like a nice little, it's a nice surprise. Whereas well, it's all right when people, because like obviously my mates, like my you know friends and like people like yourself who've known me like from before, you know, it's not a big deal to you. But like sometimes if somebody meets you as a comet, it put it does put pressure on you. Do you know what I mean? Like and then if you you can't, you feel like they're analysing. So like they'll say something, and then if you laugh, they'll say. I'll get this so many times, man. You laugh and they go, well, I've made a comedian laugh. <laughs> I'm going to tell my mates about that. Just, I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. That is, that is new levels of lame. I'd like... <laughs> and then you start thinking, does that mean I'm going to have to laugh at everything you say now because then you're going to be annoyed? I thought we were just having a conversation. <laughs> you used to be a teacher, a maths teacher. And so being in schools, you've got a lot of material and, like, kids are funny. They're, like, just like the rest of us. And yeah. it's hard not to laugh you know, with regards to teaching and stuff, when I first started doing it, because obviously when you first start doing the gigs, you're not, you don't, st- you start off doing all awful gigs, you know, horrible gigs <laughs> yeah. like, you know, on top of pubs and stuff to like six people and they don't know comedy's on and it's really horrible. And the weird thing about stand-up is the first gigs that you do are the most difficult, you know, so you're doing the most difficult gigs when you're at your worst in terms of ability. And, you know, <laughs> and I remember like going and like quite a few teachers were doing stand-up and what they would do is like, 
they would they would be really horrible about the the the, the kids and stuff and <laughs> like really launching yeah. i remember talking about it at school the next day and like one of the teachers said to me basically the rule i made was is that i wasn't ever going to talk about teaching on stage until i'd left teaching no that's a great show because you I could just, get in so much crap for that i'm sure yeah, basically now i'm pretty sure i've said enough about teaching that i'm never going to be allowed back in the profession but i only started saying it after, <laughs> after i left yeah but what i started to find is that everything that I was working for me on stage was stuff that was close, you know, was true, was me being honest about my feelings about stuff. Yeah. And so it just was what worked for me. Do you know what I mean? And you sort of find your own style. But, you know, like doing the panel shows and stuff, it's a different skill. You know, you're doing Mock of the Week, you're sort of talking about the news and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a very different thing. You just sort of get used to the different environments and enjoy it in different ways. Like the job sort of incorporates loads of different aspects. Do you know what I mean? So, but I enjoy them all. Some of your first teaching lessons or on teacher training compared yeah. to some of your first gigs. Yeah. What was, uh, what was worse or just a bit, just too different really to compare or? No, they're fairly similar in terms of like the nerves. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're scared. I remember like, I'll never forget the first lesson I taught, actual lesson I taught. And it was with this like year nine class. And kids are man. You know, if you could somehow channel the energy of year nines into some sort of weapon, <laughs> I think it'd be incredible. Because year nine students are just amazing, man. But what happened was I stood in the classroom and you're already really nervous. You'll know as well as I yeah. do. You stood in the classroom, you're nervous. And they were looking through, like, on the door, the classroom door, there's just like a little window that they were looking in through to check out <laughs> the first lesson with the new teacher. And it reminded me of, do you know Jurassic Park when the velociraptors are looking through? Yeah, the yeah their eyes against the, yeah, they turn their head. <laughs> it was just like that, mate. It was insane. <laughs> but then, like, when you do your first gig, it's different because... I don't know, in a weird way, you feel like the comedy audience are more on your side than the class. A class are feeling you out. To see oh, it. yeah, they're, they're looking for a, a weakness, a gap. Exactly. They're exactly. looking to smell blood and then they yeah. they, they go for it. <laughs> they want to know that they can mess about and do what they want in your class. So they're looking for that constantly. Whereas a comedy audience, it's not always true, but generally speaking, they want to enjoy themselves. It's not so true, I guess, of the early gigs. You know, they're not expected to be good. I was going to say, do you, have you ever had some, like, ruthless hecklers? The most terrifying form of heckle is when you're doing, like, a club at a weekend or whatever, you know, everybody's drunk, they're going for a night out or whatever, like, some people have been drinking. And then what you'll get is, you'll get a bloke, and it could be, in fact, it's not just always a bloke, it's, in, in fact, the women are the more dangerous of the hecklers. Right? <laughs> you, get, you get, like... A, a, a member of the group that thinks that they're the fun, they're the funniest one at the office, or they're the funniest yeah. one when they go out, <laughs> and so it's difficult for them to accept that you could be, you know, they don't want to yeah. think that a comedian's funny, like because you know, like professional in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then what they'll do is they'll just shout something really horrible, and like sometimes that can be that can be okay because you just sort of have a, a laugh with it, you respond, yeah. but occasionally you get the person that doesn't know they've been beaten. And then they just sort of take on, they carry on going. I had one like where I was doing a club in Leicester and I was hosting the night. So I was bringing on the other acts, but I was doing the bits in the middle. And like this guy just started like shouting, like really personal stuff. Like, look at your face. You've got a lazy eye. Your nose is disgusting. Look at your jumper. Where did you knit that from? Like just really, yeah. I kept dealing with it over and over again, right? Like basically the whole night, the whole time I was on stage was spent dealing with this dude. And then afterwards, I was having like a drink, just trying to come down from the horror of the evening. Yeah. And he goes, that was amazing, that rapport we had going on there. And I was like, mate, that was not a rapport. <laughs> you, you ruined my evening. I, I don't know if you thought we made a connection there, mate. The only connection I made was... What a muppet. Counselor. 
Yeah, he thought he was a double act. Oh, yeah. oh mate, it was so bad. But but then but then but then having said, you know, taking on from your question, like you get sometimes I'll deliberately ask questions to the audience because sometimes it's fun. You know, you get yeah. chatting to a member of the audience, you can have some fun with it. You know, like not without destroying them and making them feel yeah. horrible, like <laughs> responding like, "What do you get up to? Yeah, you're an idiot." You know, that's. <laughs> Sometimes I talk about the fact that I ran over a cat a while ago, and then I'll just go, Did any, has anyone here run over an animal? And nine times out of ten, you get some audience member that's got some wicked story about how they killed a, a squirrel. Or I had one guy that had killed a moose. <laughs> was he Canadian or American or something? He wasn't Canadian. So then that basically took 20 minutes to get to the bottom of that story. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> kind of like, if you're speaking to the audience and then obviously coming from your own background and what, what you've just observed in through life, it's yeah. kind of uncopyable, number one. And it's just, like you say, uniquely yours. I can't really see a lot of uh, a comedian out there like you at the moment. I don't I'm, know. Oh, cheers. That's very kind of you. But, um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I would say I'm, you know, I am unique. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> the thing I would say is I think it's easier, like it's, it's, it's easier if you do stuff about your life because at the end of the day, nobody's living your life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the key to it is to be yourself as much as you can yeah. or be, or what you're trying to be. Because, you know, for example, you've got someone like Milton Jones who's brilliant, but like he's almost a character. You know, he does one-liners and he's like sort of plays as it, but he does that and he commits to that and he is that completely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what makes you unique. Man. Well, we've uh, we usually ask, ask the origin type question, but I think we've covered most of that with your sort of teaching and uh, sort yeah. of getting into early days of stand up. But um, I suppose where are you? Where are you originally from? Are you all, did you sort of born and grown up in Crawley as well? Is you always yeah? Been... Basically, I've I, my my dad uh, my dad my mum and dad are originally from Sri Lanka. Yeah, and uh, my dad came over to finish his. Uh, he was he was an accountant, so he came over to finish his studies, and then ended up settling in England, and then. No, there was trouble in Sri Lanka, so all of my like, all of my parents' family ended up like fleeing all over. Like they left Sri Lanka and I like, went all over the world. And then I moved to London for a bit while I was doing uni and stuff. And and I did the typical thing. I don't know if you went through this phase, but like I think everybody in Crawley goes through this thing of like hating Crawley and wanting yeah. to get out. And I remember like when I was like when I was getting ready to go to uni, I was like, I cannot wait to leave this town. And you yeah. know, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go London. And 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 like, I do love London, but um. I don't know what it is. It's like I just, I just crawly. I don't know, mate. Sucks you back. Pulled <laughs> me back, mate. Sometimes I think you measure success by how far you know. It's literally how far you've come. Yeah. So I've got friends that are like. Sometimes you hear from people that that you grew up with in Crawley who are now living in like America or New yeah. Zealand or whatever, and then and then they'll say. What, where do you live now? And then you almost feel a bit like bad going. <laughs> still, the, the affectionate name of Crawley as well is Creepy Crawley. Yeah, exactly. Give you an idea of the kind of reputation. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm very much a homebody. I know yeah. Crawley backwards. You're touring a lot of the time as well. You're you you get to go all around these different places anyway for your job. So like yeah, said, yeah. Like, I mean that is great. true. I mean the the, the 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 you do go all over the place. Comedy's such an anti-social job, hours-wise. Yeah. But actually, when I go out in Crawley, it's actually a novelty for me. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, I do like it. You know, I like it. And 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 I think I think people people sort of reluctantly admit that they enjoy it in Crawley. That's that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. That is. I, exactly. I, but the thing is, the people always go. The thing is, you get people people in Crawley. They get such a negative attitude about Crawley. Like I remember, oh my God, yeah. When, when Pret a Manger, uh, the, the, you know, you and I are a big fan. Yeah. I think they should be sponsoring this show if they're listening. Obviously, in. obviously their other coffee shops are available. <laughs> other, other, other sandwich restaurants are available. But but like when that opened, I remember like people going, "Well, that's Pret a Manger ruined, didn't it?" 
Because now you're saying it, I'm thinking about myself. And I'm, I always say to people, like, when they open the uh, the Apple store in Crawley, I was thinking, <laughs> what are they opening Apple for in Crawley? Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, you do get this negative attitude, but I like it. It's comfortable, it's nice, and it's a nice community, man. Do you know what I mean? You get, like, dodgy bits and stuff happens and stuff, and you do think, oh, mate, that's Crawley. But I, <laughs> I was going to say, if anything bad happens, that's kind of the uh, the answer for it, I <laughs> Why did, that, why did that why did that bus stop get burnt down crawley mate isn't it <laughs> crawley just rough and the smooth innit yeah you got a nice cinema negative your house could get burnt down that's just the way <laughs> that's just the way crawley is oh i love it we want to um sort of touch on kind of like your awakening type moment because obviously you've been to uni you've come back to crawley you ended up teaching at hazewick school you teach yeah. maths yeah. A lot of people, and I think this is almost what scared me off as well. Yeah. Like in your first couple of years, especially if you're in a reasonable school, like people around you will say, ah, oh, you know, this is a great school. Like I've been here for 20 years or you're set. You can work it for 20 years. Yeah. It's a positive thing. Um, yeah. So you're in that zone. If you'd have just gone on cruise control, you yeah. that could have been the rest of your life teaching yeah. a school or a couple of schools. What was the moment when you went, actually, I'm quite funny. Or yeah. you just went, I've got to get out of here. To be honest with you, I thought I'd, when I got into teaching, I thought that I had, you know, had that moment, you yeah. know, the moment that you're talking about, the sort of like, this is what I want to do, because I'd been working in finance for a couple of years before that, ah. and I'd been finding it boring, and I, I thought, I, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I remember like, sitting in my, I'd had an office job, and I remember going to, this is genuinely true, I went to the toilets and cried for half an hour, because I yeah. couldn't, like, because my job was depressing me so much, and then, and so that's why I ended up in teaching, and then, and then I was, and I'd always loved stand-up comedy. Like I grew up loving stand-up. Like it's like my, you know. And so it was less of a thing of thinking that I was going to be good at it, and more of a thing of thinking I really love it. Yeah. So let's give it a go. Do you know what I mean? So I ended up sort of doing stand-up like just as a hobby, just as a really, just as, you know, just literally something to do. Yeah. And a mate of mine was doing. Um, you mentioned the Amuse Moose competition. So a mate of mine was going to, they do an open audition for that competition. Yeah. And um, he said, oh, I'm doing that competition. Do you want to come along? So I said, all right, I'll come along and give it a go as well. And then I ended up getting to the final of the competition. Right. And it was like, and, and it was at the same time I got to the final of So You Think You're Funny. And one of the judges came up to me at So You Think You're Funny and said, oh, you know, you could definitely do this for a job. And so I thought, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I could. But it seemed like such an unorthodox path. Yeah. You know, like, and it was like... It felt like such an unusual thing to do. Again, that, that's what we just talked about as well. I mean, this unorthodox path. Again, it, yeah. it gives you a bit of you know a bit of experience, a bit of your well, you're uncopyable, with, uncopyable, with, and as well, yeah. it's quite a unique path, like you said. So all that experience. Do you feel like you cut your teeth a bit on uh, on teaching classes? And because again, if you can make a class laugh and have a bit of banter with them, yeah, they're going to learn so much better. Yeah, well, I think like you know, like when I was, um, you know, you teach teaching maths, you know. It, oh. I, you have to present that in an exciting way in yeah. some instances because because the thing is maths is compulsory and a lot of those kids you're teaching don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, maths, maths' reputation is a bit like Crawley, you know? It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, like don't open a prep in maths. <laughs> I do think you're right in terms of you present that in an interesting way. It Then, you know, when you're doing stand-up, you, you know, you're, you're telling stories 
or you might be telling something from your life that on its own would be quite boring, but you're putting your spin on it. So yeah. in that way, yeah, I do think there are things that, that, that transfer along from it. Do you know what I mean? And beyond being funny, I do think with comedy, people have to want to spend time in your company. And, and, and I think that's true of teaching as well. The kids have to want to feel like they want to be listening to you or, or, or working with you. Do you know what I mean? And if, the, if you lose that, then you, there's nothing you can do then. I want to just delve into that. Is there a time when you, you know, you haven't brought your A game, you've had a, there might be a bad crowd or you've just had a bit of a shocker and like you say, it's turned on you. What's one of the, maybe the, one of the worst gigs? Uh, I, had a, I, had a, I had a horrible one where like, basically I just started um, doing like longer sets. Cause when you start doing stand up, you're working like, you know, you first of all, when you do those competition stuff, you're doing like five minutes. I was booked to by quite a big promoter to do half an hour, right? And it's the first, oh, man. <laughs> first time I was doing half an hour. But I had it. Yeah. I had the time. You know, I was, I was driving there. I was nervous about it. I was worried about it. I went into the thing, and it was in this, it was in this theatre in Essex. But it wasn't in the theatre itself. It was, they'd cleared the foyer and set up all these chairs in the foyer. So it was about 100 people, but, like, not in the theatre space. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, on the floor in this foyer. So I was really nervous. I was with two, like, incredible acts. And I just thought it was funny to go, you know, would it be nice to actually be in the theatre? You know, why are we in the foyer? Just for as a, like, a, anyway, it turns out they really like that foyer. And like, they, they, <laughs> it, was the first thing, it was the first thing I said, they hated it. They basically thought that this guy that they don't know has come and insulted their foyer, right? <laughs> you <laughs> so, that, got, that got absolutely nothing. I then, honest to god performed to complete silence for half an hour like not oh man and i had you have to do your time yeah really because that's the, so i'm trying to rescue it so for the, rest of the half an hour i'm going like okay let's see if this one works nothing let's see if this one works. mate it went so badly that when i said i've been romish rang and afen good night they didn't even applaud like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, a like an awkward conversation for a half few, an hour. A few, a few people at the back sort of did like the sort of, <laughs> and, and you could hear the mic click back into the stand. <laughs> it's one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my Ooh, life. That sounds painful, mate. Oh cool. my goodness! Wow. So this is our Yoda question. So throughout this journey, who helped like awaken your alpha, whether it's either inspirational comics or even before you got into comedy, someone who was either a mentor or guided you or, and even I'm really interested in recent times, you know, like, cause you've been working with a lot of really sort of famous uh, comics and, and people you look up to who's, who's really sort of helped you take it to another level. Will Smith, right? <laughs> Not that I know Will Smith. Not that I know Will Smith. No. But like, I was watched the Will Smith interview and he was talking about, um, he was talking about um, this book called um, the, the Alchemist. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of this book, right? So he's talking about this book called The Alchemist and I, I read that book. I wouldn't say it inspired me or anything, yeah. but what yeah. I would say is it does, like books like that and, 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 and listening to Will Smith talk about his life, you know, in that interview, does sort of make you think... Um, that it, it makes you feel more confident in following something that seems more difficult because I, you know, because I left a good teaching job to do, yeah. something like, do you know what I mean? And, and I had kids and, and so it's a risky thing to do. And so you, you, you worry about that, but like, but, but sure. Like for example, a comic I met early on is a guy called Sean Walsh, who I'm good mates with now. Yeah. He's the one with the crazy hair, isn't he? He's, he right, yeah. yeah. He saw me at a gig early on and, um, 
and, and, and said, and basically sort of helped me out. So he saw me at a gig when I first started out. He said, I'm going to try and have a word with the main club to try and get you in there and stuff like that. And he did that. And then, um, you know, I started getting chatting to him and, and, and he helped me out and he recommended me to loads of clubs and he took me on to do his tour support and, and all of these things. But what he did was he would talk very matter-of-factly about comedy like it was the most normal thing in the world because for him it was you know just like that was what he was always going to be so he was always going to be a comedian do you know what I mean so mm. it's basically it, it it sort of helped me get out the mindset of thinking that I was somebody that was I don't know the difficult with comedy is you always feel like you're somebody that's pretending to be a comedian yeah and like, and like somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder and go mate we know do you want to just tap <laughs> your back to teach you that yeah so 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 he was like a he was a massive help and um and to be honest with you, my, my, my dad was a, was, a huge, was a huge help to me because my dad always was just like, you just got to do whatever you want to do. And, 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 you know, what his thing was is that, you know, life is difficult enough without doing something that you don't enjoy. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? You're, you're choosing to do a job where you think you should be paid for telling people what you think about stuff. I mean, that is, that sounds like arrogance personified, doesn't it? I mean, that, is the most, that is the most up yourself thing you could possibly do. Actually, I want to just... I want to just touch on that then, because especially like one of the sort of avenues of your comedy is when you then start popping up on TV all the time. Not, not specifically like you say doing like the stand-up comedy, but just like on um, clip shows, just your head pops up, just like yeah. saying your opinion on stuff, like oh look at that. And so that when did when you start getting invited to them sort of things, that must be quite a weird gig as well. How's that? Yeah. Well, my my rule is I'll never go on one of those where I don't actually genuinely know or have an opinion about those things. Do you know what I mean, like, so yeah. you won't see me on like. 100 best pottery moments of the 90s. <laughs> but it is weird. Like, I remember, like, I did, like, 50 funniest moments of, 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 of the year or something yeah. like that. And, like, I'd just done the show and some guy... And the thing is, you're talking about people... You know, you're talking about people that did stuff during the year. I remember, like, after I did it the first time, somebody tweeted me and goes, who the hell are you <laughs> to talk about these people, right? And, and like, so I saw this tweet appear on my time. I just had to reply to him and go, it's a fair point, mate. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great shout, don't you? Yeah, well done. You're absolutely spot on. But I did, and it's done now. So what are you going to do? That's life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Quality, well, I you're saying. Really I can't really argue with that. No, it's like, it's well, they, yeah. The worst, the worst one is the football ones. I remember like, I did this show called The Football's On, yeah. um, on BT Sport. And it was like, they, they asked me to talk about something that I found annoying in, to do with football. And I talked about how I think that anybody who's over 15 that collects stickers for the sticker album is a loser, right? <laughs> you must have got some abuse. I agree. Right, I got absolutely destroyed. I have never seen my, like, honestly, mate, my Twitter just blew up. Voice yeah. <laughs> of a comedian, you're pathetic. I'm collecting Panini stickers. You calling me a kid? Are you calling me an idiot? <laughs> And then, like, people say, but when, when you say something like that, people feel insulted by it. They go so, like, full on. Like, I just get mm. people going, like, I hope you die, mate. <laughs> you don't like stickers? <laughs> oh, my God. Whew, this is quality. All right, I better start get, get wrapping this up, I suppose, because, again, I did say it is a Sunday in the F, so thanks so much for coming on on a Sunday. Yeah. This is, like, postponed over multiple months, because you are, I like the way you put it, I said, you must be a busy guy, and you said, well, it's a combination of uh, busy and unorganised, and <laughs> your life apologising to people. Yeah. Well, that's basically, I mean, the thing is, is that, yeah, I do. The most difficult thing, I don't know if you find this, the most difficult thing I find is, like, keep, like, is, is seeing mates and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, honestly, man, I only get, like, a, a weekend night out for me happens one, like, maybe twice a year. 
Yeah. Like, you know, a night off, sorry, where I'm not gigging or whatever. It happens probably twice a year. So a few months ago, I had a day off, went and had a night off. And I, I ended up in this bar. I was in Octopus, right? I was in yeah. Octopus. That's course. about the only one left, like, like yeah. you say, for a night out virtually now. So there's this girl that works there. She just came up to me and you're always in here. I've been, <laughs> I've been there, like, twice over the last year, right? And now... I've got a night, I've got time off over Christmas. I don't think I can go in there because I'm, I'm so worried that she's going to see me and go prove my point. <laughs> what I wanted to say to her was, well, actually, I'm barely in here. I'm hardly ever in here. Why have you said that? Now I'm paranoid. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's like, I get this place, I get Chinese takeaway, right? The last time the guy came over, like, deliver, like, last time the guy delivered, he, I opened the door, I had the money for him, he goes, you love it here, didn't you? I said, that's it, mate. I can't order food for you ever again. <laughs> you put pressure on me, yeah. You can't make a comment like that. And oh, yeah, fatties wants his Chinese again. <laughs> and then he's going to go to Octopus again. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's his Chinese, and then he goes to Octopus. That's what he does every night. <laughs> oh, my God. But if you're working in that sort of environment... And you've got a member of staff that says to people, you're here again. Tell them to stop it. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> I can never have Chinese food from that place again. I'm never going to Octopus. The added kicker is it's in Crawley. You don't want people thinking you're going out in Crawley all the time. <laughs> That's why, like, whenever I do get sick, I go out in Crawley or something like that, and someone spots you, you're like, oh, you're out again. You're like, I haven't been out in Crawley for years. How's life going for you? Not, oh, no, that well. You're out in Crawley again, eh, mate? No, no, it's just a one-off. Yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah. Whatever. People do try and down here. I've seen people when you do spot them as well, they try and justify why they're out in Crawley. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know it's just um um every other town in the country burnt down. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. My taxi my taxi didn't turn up. I was I was leaving. Okay. So you've made it pretty much to the alpha round. Yeah. But this is where we're gonna get finish it off with um your book recommendation. You mentioned the alchemist. Um, yeah, but that's not my book my book. No, I just say book recommendations either just in general that you like or to be funny. <laughs> Because we've never had a comedian on uh, Awaken Your Alpha. And uh, yes, yeah, so we'll start off with that if you've got any recommendations. I've got, okay, so t I've got two book recommendations, right? My first book recommendation is a serious one. It's Life of Pi. Yeah. I, I don't know if you read that book. I've seen the film. But well, I okay, you've seen the film. Yeah, I'd expect you to have seen the film. Right? Yep. Uh, the film is good. The book is incredible. I read that book and then I read it again straight away. It was like, mm. I enjoyed it so much. They've changed a bit in the film and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I mean, when I, basically, when somebody told me about that book, they said, have you heard of Life of Pi? What is it? It's about a boy on a lifeboat with a tiger. Mate, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> Sorry, what are you talking about? Why am I supposed to read that? Someone's been taking drugs and writing. Yeah. Somebody's on a boat with a tiger. What? <laughs> Come on, mate. I'm not going to spend my time reading that, but I did read it and it's great. It's really good. The other book, the other book I've just finished, Iron Man, Rings of the Mandarin, right? Yeah. Now, I'm into comic books. Now, I'm having a little bit of a problem with comic books at the moment because I can't deal with how they draw women in comic books. How I pitch them reading, they're very well endowed. Mate, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Basically, I was reading one on the train and I felt in Embarrassed. Yeah. There's a woman sitting oh, next to me. It's horrible. I, like, and the, it's just insane. I don't know what it is about comic book artists. Yeah. Oh, let's make those bigger. <laughs> that one, she could suffocate criminals with those. <laughs> so, anyway, so I read I, Iron Man Rings of the Mandarin, which is good. Okay. The, the other book I read recently is uh, The Chimp Paradox. Have oh, you read yeah. Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like what sold it for me was. Chris Hoy is involved. Chris Hoy was like, oh. like, worked for him, whatever. Yeah. 
but that book was I just thought it was interesting I think thinking about the way you think is really interesting do you know what I mean I, yeah. I find it fascinating I think about as well if you're on stage and some of these hecklers you get you could I suppose you have to be very aware of their chimp and that you've rattled it or you could rattle it very easy and get like a bottle thrown at you or something yeah well basically you know sometimes it's the thing is if somebody says something to you yeah. or you respond to someone in a certain way you do have to try and you know you do have to try and think of what the most innocent explanation is they might not be saying it to you horrible they might just be trying to I don't know assert themselves in front of their mates or yeah. I mean, and then obviously I'll destroy them because I'm a legend. No, I'm joking, but you know, I do think like I do think thinking about the motivations behind why people do things and think things, it just makes life easier, doesn't yeah. it? Do you have any sort of particular productivity resources or cool little resources that you could share on it? Could be comedy related or not. I tell you what I do use. Um, it's this thing called it's it's called, it's like a po Pomodoro time management. Oh yeah, yeah. I I use I use one like that. Is yours? Yeah. So it's like twenty five minutes on. Five yeah. Minutes. So basically, the problem I had was is that when I was trying to write and stuff, like you know, you and I've seen each other when I'm trying to write and stuff. Yeah. Like and um, the situation that I have is is that um, is that um, is that I get distracted. Do you know what I mean? And, and like and like you Sorry know. <laughs> Comic told me about this Pomodoro thing, which is you segment your time. Yeah, I, the Pomodoro technique is, is awesome. I'll put, I'll put up all the resources for the show yeah. notes. But, but yeah, I, that really helped me out as well. Cause yeah, but I started doing that. And then like, what happens is you can quantify, you know, I, for me, I, what I need is I need some sort of instant thing telling me that I've been, I've achieved something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah. a tally, you know, with the Pomodoro thing, you tally in how many of those chunks you've done yeah. and you give yourself a break and then you go, I can watch like dog trying to eat a tennis ball for yeah, like, you work properly yeah blast it you can have a little break here and there exactly, yeah. exactly. it's like it's, it's much better so like since i've started doing that it's just been um it's been much better man and and, and also then you feel like you've earned time off and, and what, yeah. I, what i was finding was i was like you know with, with any work you can or anything it can occupy every moment of every day do you know what yeah. i mean and then what happens is you don't you work, you basically, I was just thinking about, you, you, you think about work all the time. And then even when you're with your family, you're thinking about work. And then you feel guilty for not working when you're with your family and all that. So I think just like com compartmentalizing it a little bit. And like, you know, and, and actually going, I've done this for this, for today, you know, and, yeah, and I, I've definitely achieved something there. Do you know what I mean? I know so much about how cats learn to play the piano. <laughs> do you know I mean, I, I can move on and have a bit of a chat. Well, yours is a really uh, tricky area for that, because again, Te like it's technically because you're you know comedy and stuff like that you could be researching and uh getting ideas for different shows and all this sort of stuff there's that gray area whereas you know where you could really uh if you was looking to slack off like you say yeah. oh mate you can you can fool yourself that you're, <laughs> that you're doing something for your I'm sitting there watching comedy movies saying yeah, yeah research exactly. on the sofa <laughs> What are you talking about? What do you mean? You've had a hard day. I've been watching planes, trains, and automobiles trying to get some ideas. Can you get off my back? <laughs> oh man! Right, just going to do a quick, uh, quick little yin yang round. Okay. We we'll start this off with a simple one: okay. night or day? Oh, night. Okay, that makes sense with you, the comedy. Jim Carrey or Will Ferrell? Oh my god! Yeah, I've gone straight for the big guns. Oh my god. Oh, mate, that's hard. Will carry? Uh, no, I'll go... Um, On I'll today, go... They're, both, they're both at different shows. You've got to go watch one or hang out with him. Who is it going to be? You can't go both. I'll go Will Ferrell. I'll go okay. Will. Awesome. God, that feels horrible. <laughs> I feel dirty. Lee Evans or Michael McIntyre? 
Oh, Jesus Christ, mate. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a Sunday, isn't it? This is unbelievable. I'm expecting decisions and, you know, confusion like this. Uh, oh, mate, I can't decide. Um, we'll come back to that one. Think on that one. Stand up or chat show or game, you know, game show, panel show? Stand up, stand up, stand up. Edinburgh or London? Oh, London. Oh! Nope. Hold on, I don't know. No, Edinburgh. <laughs> okay. All right, then. We're, we're, we're moving on. So, last chance, then. Lee Evans or Michael McIntyre, if they're both playing a gig tonight... Um, I, well, I saw Lee Evans last like, a couple of weeks ago, so I'll go McIntyre. Oh, no, I saw, Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I, was try, I always try and get, you know, tough decisions. So you got... trying to end someone's career, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you... Awaken your alpha... End someone's comedy career. That's what you should call it. <laughs> and tell us which comedians you don't like. No, I think you may just get out of that, making it sound like you like both. That's fine. Okay. This is the, com- the complete blank around, but you just got to complete my blanks for me and uh, finish my sentence. Okay. Scariest thing you've ever done is? Uh, have children. <laughs> Your favourite comedy film of all time is? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been uh, okay. uh, No, 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 Planes, Okay, okay. And what? Oh, <laughs> mate, that's not, oh, God. Wait a second, wait a second. This could be the same thing. Your favourite film of all time is? Oh, dear God. Godfather? No, not Godfather, because uh, Goodfellas, Goodfellas. Good, oh, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Joe Pesci in that is just yeah. funny. <laughs> right. Um, mate, you didn't tell me this was going to happen. This is awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want to try and keep, this is just this is a fun little round. Keep you on your toes. Oh, it's fun. Might be fun for you. This is agony. <laughs> okay. The last time you were drunk was. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, last week. Last week. Anything interesting? Well, it's for a TV show. Oh. It's for a TV show called um, Drunk History, where you have to you have to get drunk and then tell a historical story. So, <laughs> Man, they didn't go through that in teacher training, did they? That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. That was bad, mate. I mean, I was—I came home and my wife sent me to bed. I've been working hard. There. <laughs> oh, I did, you think you know that's half day? I've had okay. seven lagers <laughs> just so I could put food on the table. Shut up. The best gig you've ever done was probably uh, the second night supporting Bill Burr. Okay. Which one's Bill Burr? I'm thinking of. You might know him. He's, a, he's American. He's like American stand-up. Okay. He was in Breaking Bad, I think. But when oh. he came, when he came over, I haven't watched Breaking Bad, so I don't know. He's just my favourite comic. But um, yeah. when he came over, yeah, it was just a great. It was just a very exciting. Basically, it was. I did two nights of support for him, and the first night I was too scared to really sort of enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And on the second night, I talked to him and got to know him a bit, and then like I was feeling a lot more relaxed, and then I was just able to enjoy the gig. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the first night, I was sort of like, I can't really go for point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Who do you think I should interview next or very soon? Who could usually look for two recommendations? Okay. First one, I think you should interview Sean Walsh. Yeah. Um, you won't be able to get him though, because he he doesn't. He's just... Oh damn! No, you can. I'll, I'll ask. Him. I'll ask him. But if he, if you pull this blank question stuff with him, he'll put. He'll just. He ain't gonna do it, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I remember. I better make a note. I've answered this. This flipping amber. <laughs> I've been subjected to as part of this podcast. <laughs> you did, what I like about it is you did all the nice intro and stuff at the beginning, all clearly be nicey nicey, and then for later on, 
No, this is the. I thought you. This is the fun round. I thought you'd be bored. So I thought you'd be bored by now. So. Okay, well, fine. I've, I've understood your little technique now, mate. I, don't, I understand what Awaken Your Alpha is all about. Don't worry. I know all about it. <laughs> you got me all wrong. Okay, okay. You should call it Awaken Your Scorpion. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sting in the towel. Sting in the towel you're thrown in there, mate. I do it a lot earlier in the show, usually, but we just yeah. don't Oh, I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got um, Sean Walsh. And yeah. just, um, I'll tell you what I'd really like. I would really be interested to hear from hear Thierry Henry uh, answer your questions. Yeah? Thierry Henry. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody I, mean, knows... I can put a word in. You, you know Thierry Henry? Of course I don't, mate. I'm but do you know what? How do you like it? How do you like it? <laughs> Little pull the rug from underneath you, yeah? <laughs> the tables on you. Oh, this is funny. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not trying to catch you out, but this is like, sounds like a very hard question. Okay. And very, this is almost along the lines of, right, say something funny, but not quite. Can you give any tips for the, uh, the, the person who's living in, or listening even? Yeah. How, how can they be funnier? Any tips? How can I be funnier? That sounds like a really like, awkward question. It's like, how can you be better looking or how can you do this? But is there any, some, like, some basic stuff, you know, for, like comedy man, one, like lessons 101. This would be like year seven lesson on how to be less boring and more funny. I think, um, I think if you want to be funnier, um, uh, you, you have to, I think part of being funnier is uh, being different. So I think like, you know, if, if you, if you can find a different way of reacting to something or a different way of looking at something that it would genuinely generally be funnier than the root one thing. Yeah. So I, I think that thinking about things in a different way is an easy way to be funnier. I think. Okay, cool. All right then. Um, and to chance to get your own back, I guess, then uh, what's the one question that you thought I was going to ask or wished I'd ask. And I didn't, I just started abusing you with a complete blank around. And you. I, I think the, the one question I like to have asked is, Ramesh, are you aware of what I'm going to do later on in the podcast? Because <laughs> you didn't ask that question, and I wasn't aware, and I've been outmaneuvered, and we made to look like a bit of a mug by you. And, and <laughs> what I've, I've realised about you is you're very smiley, you've got a very nice voice. It, you, lure, you lure people in. You, you know, you're not like Paxman. You know how Paxman is like, he looks sort of stern from the offset. Yeah. Right? You're all very nice, and oh yeah, man. Da da da. We'll do a little bit oh, of eating. Exactly. Do all that. Lull somebody. Then you're tickling my belly, weren't you? You're tickling, <laughs> tickling my belly so that I'd roll over, and then once I'd rolled over, you gutted me like that creature out of Star Wars that Luke sleeps inside of. <laughs> oh man, my stomach hurts. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Um... So I think we covered it then, man. Yeah, we have covered it, mate. We've covered it all up. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So this, this is going out Monday morning. I said we'd be about half an hour. We've only been about an, over an hour. So <laughs> we really? That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so why I've either got... This is either going to be an extended episode or uh, I've got a lot of editing to do. So we'll see which wins out. Family time or just having put an extended episode out where I don't edit it much. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but... It's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit. I say, what's the future hold for you? Because the last time I saw you in person, you were, you were working hard. You were writing a, a new show. Yeah, so I've basically I've written that show. I did that show in Edinburgh, and now I'm tour taking that show on tour. So what, what you saw me writing 
it, when we bumped into each other all those times at that coffee shop, is now on tour. Do you know what I mean? Cool. So, was, so, is this the Ron wasn't built in a day? Yeah, that's the name of the show. Yeah, yeah. I love that title. We've got to get that in Thank there. You. Oh, cool. Thank you. So, um, so yeah, so I'm going all over the place. I'm doing the horse in Crawley in March. So, okay. but I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. So, um, but so, that's yeah. like that's like the key venue, really, isn't it? That's like that's the, the one. Flagship. That's the one. When I was like, when I was agreeing the tour, I said to my agent, "If this doesn't include the horse Crawley, cancel the whole thing, mate. Not doing it." <laughs> I hope your kids are all doing well and say hi to your bro and your wife. And uh, how many kids have you got now? Because didn't you have another one in the last? Yeah, three. You've got a three months old as well. Are you done? Do you think? Well, my wife wants another one, but wow. you know, she's going to have to have sex with someone else for that to happen. <laughs> Okay. Nice. Uh, oh, what's the best way people can get hold of you? That was kind of the a point of this show as well. So people can. Right. So you can call me on my phone. You're joking, man. <laughs> Just tweet me. If you, if you want to give me any abuse, feel free to get in touch with me that way. Okay. Nice. Awesome, mate. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. And just a quick little message from me, this one's specifically going out to the gentlemen, just like myself, who are pursuing their alpha. You wanna listen and look out for the alpha ultimatum that's coming 2015. Applications will start in December, and then we will jump on a call, talk through it, and then we decide if this is the right fit for you, and then if you're actually ready. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless.